Live from the ACU of Texas Studios, it's time for Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. What is up? Welcome on in. This is Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. What's up, everybody? <laughs> we are here on this awesome Friday. My goodness, so much has happened this la- between this last week. Yeah. My goodness, this sporting week has been insane. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We've got so much to get to today. Of course, we're going to be talking a little bit about those Rockets. Are they in trouble after that crushing defeat the other night against the Utah Jazz? LeBron James... Goodness, he's just proving me right time after yeah. time that he is the greatest of all time. No. He's holding up to it. He's, he's Yeah, he's holding his own on that. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Talk a little bit about the Astros getting on that losing streak. And of course, uh, NFL got some fundamental changes. And yeah, Trina, if you're, if you're listening, has <laughs> actually got her repping her Astros gear this week. So repping that defending world champs. But of course, a team that does want to become a defending world champion is those Houston Rockets, of course, coming off this past week. Uh, one game one against those Utah Jazz, 110-96. Yeah. My goodness, Harden is throwing up and really proving that, uh, you know, putting last year to rest, of course, as far as a lot of people saying that he doesn't show up in the playoffs. I know, and it's crazy because their very first game, who would have thought that they would have blew him out the water like that? I mean, Utah did, just did not look like they matched up. I mean, it's a perfect matchup for these yes. two teams, but it just didn't look like Utah would hang in that first game. I agree 100%. And a lot of people were saying that, of course, it was, you know, the Jazz only had a day of rest coming off that exhausting series against the right. Oklahoma City Thunder. But I, I thought the same thing watching that game. I just thought that this was a bad matchup for the Jazz and that it was going to be – I thought it was going to be a clean sweep after game one. Right. I'm sure a lot of people did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, of course, you know, Donovan Mitchell had been has been playing insane the entire playoff series. But I figured, you know, he was going to show up game one and probably give them some energy. But he really had a tough game. Of, of course, Clint Capella completely dominated Rudy Gobert in that first game. Yeah, he did. He made him look like he wasn't the defensive – player nominee top nominee yeah. of the year yeah it was insane and of course yeah 110 96 victory i mean they were up by about 30 points at one point right. during the during the second half if i'm not mistaken but yeah harden finished with 41 points seven assists eight rebounds so you're looking at that game and you're thinking this this is this gonna be is a clean, yeah this is gonna be over this is gonna be a yeah. clean sweep but then of course as we saw a couple days ago game two the jazz came out there and credit to them they had a game plan uh-huh. in place the Rockets, you know, I'm not going to say the Rockets played completely terrible. They definitely didn't play their best game. Right. But they went out there and they fought back. And really, you know, at the start of the second half when uh-huh. the Rockets got into the game after after being down about 20 points. You, yeah, they were, were they were too comfortable. It looks like they looked like, you know, yes. they were playing like it was still game one. Mm-hmm. Like you got to remember at the start of every game is 0-0. At the end of the game, somebody's going to win. Yes. It doesn't carry over and it doesn't roll over. It so, really doesn't. you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they didn't come out with as much intensity as they did in that first game. And Utah took advantage of that. And Utah was not going to lay down like that because of the type of team they have been all year. I agree. Yeah. And honestly, that, that was so impressive. The the fact that they came that with Utah. And of course I don't want to, you know, of course being a huge Rockets fan, we don't want to give them too much credit, but I mean, if you look at it, like you said, they came out there and it was like game one had completely disappeared from their mind. Credit to Quinn Quinn Snyder, the head coach of the Utah Jazz, Mm -hmm. and moreover, Donovan Mitchell. That kid is something else. He definitely has to go in the top talks of rookie of the year. Like, 
He's been that top talk of rookie of the year with Ben Simmons, oh, yeah. but a lot of people have been saying, oh, Ben Simmons, no, I think Donovan Mitchell deserves that. He's a true yes. rookie. And, I mean, what other rookie do you know that put up 38 points in a closer in a I, playoff yes. game? I mean, he completely outplayed Russell Westbrook in the last series. I mean, of course, this the remaining series uh, remains to be seen what he's going to do against the Rockets. Hopefully they have some type of game plan, but I'm telling you what, I, you know, I was watching it yesterday, or watching it two days ago, and when P.J. Tucker, that one play where yeah. they went after it, <laughs> and they were holding on for that jump ball, and neither one would give it up, and finally Tucker got it, it looked to me, I thought I thought Mitchell looked rattled, because P.J. Tucker was obviously going out there 100%, mm-hmm. but credit to the kid. I mean, a few plays later, he yeah. has that dunk where he shoots it, rebounds it, one hand slams it. How about that? Over a couple rockets. <laughs> yes, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't want to hype this kid up too much, but I mean, yeah. th- there's something about this kid. I mean, you he's know. special. He's definitely special. Like, I think uh, this is something that the NBA and his fans should really enjoy oh, yeah. right now because this is something that we don't get to see too often. And for a rookie to be as consistent as he uh, has yes. been all year and through the playoffs, that says a lot about where Utah Jazz is going as an organization. I agree 100. percent And you, the, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Cons- I mean, his consistency as a rookie, mm-hmm. and I mean, just his composure in the playoffs it's just not something you see every day you want to know what else is something you don't see you don't see a team rely that heavily on a rookie yes and the fact that this guy has been relied on so heavily Mm -hmm. and all the team they don't go unless he go yeah and then Ricky Rubio is still out yeah he's taking on the he's just taking it uh, putting it on like it's nothing and there's no pressure for him he's excited I mean he's having the time of his life right now yes he is for sure and then I mean yeah you kind of touched on it earlier people are giving Ben Simmons a lot of the rookie your talk I and mean, we'll talk a little bit about later about what the Celtics and Sixers series looks yeah. like but last night just to touch on it Ben Simmons had one point in 31 minutes and that I mean as crazy as it is I mean they're going to actually you know I don't want to go too far into it until we get into it but Boston they have a really good program. oh my they have goodness. one of the best coaches in the Brad NBA Stevens. Brad Stevens my goodness right. yeah he is I mean he's yeah I, I agree he's starting to look like he's going to be on that pop level when it's all said and done but right. but yeah I mean of course they've shut Ben Simmons down and I'm sure the Rockets have had some type of game plan to you know go around uh donovan mitchell but i mean the kid is just playing insane and i'm with you 100 percent at this point yeah. he's I, going into this playoffs i'll be honest i didn't know a whole lot about donovan mitchell right. i knew he won the dunk contest i knew he was an elite scorer mm-hmm. but i mean th- this kid's composure he's a truth <laughs> yeah he, he really is i mean this kid this kid is on another level and i'm sure if they can attract some some other guys to utah in the next few years utah is going to be a force to be reckoned with Imagine, imagine if Gordon Hayward stayed in Utah. I know. I, I was thinking the same thing, and I'm sure he didn't expect, you know, the Jazz to be as good as they were this right. year. But I mean, Gordon Hayward when he goes back to Boston, that's oh, going to be oh my man. God, that's going to be that's a that's an NBA Finals team when him oh, and yeah. Kyrie come back. It, who knows? It might be a Finals team this year. And of course, like I said, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. touch on that a little bit later yeah. when we get into LeBron and when I prove you, you know, prove you <laughs> right or prove myself right that LeBron is the greatest player of all time. Okay, so. Will. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, of course, uh, you know, like I said, touching on that P.J. Tucker play, that's another thing that I, w- I wanted to touch on that I've been really, really impressed with. You know, it, I, the one thing I was worried with the Rockets uh, this year is kind of losing that, you know, that dog in them like they mm-hmm. had with Patrick Beverly, that defensive yeah. presence, that guy that's not afraid to get on the floor, get dirty. P.J. Tucker is really kind of looking like one of those leaders on the yeah, floor. Yeah, he's definitely took that role. But you know what? 
in their in their five, Trevor Reza is supposed to be that guy. Yes. He's a defensive stopper. I mm-hmm. give him that. But it's something about guys like PJ Tucker and Pat Bev. But even though he's not with us anymore, and then mm-hmm. you got Drew Green coming in. I mean, when he goes after those rebounds, he goes after him. PJ Tucker. Yes. He's he's anywhere on the court, and he knocks down shots. Yes, he does. Yeah, I mean, he knocks down shots from a very high percentage. I believe he's a thirty eight percent shooter from three this year, which is very good. And then yeah, I mean, Trevor Reza. That's another guy that's kind of. I feel like you know he's just been really streaky lately yeah you know i think the problem with trevor reese is ever since he did that state farm commercial where he was singing oh the singing in sync yeah. or backstreet boys <laughs> or what it whatever it was yeah. you know everybody kind of feared trevor reese and then that ad came out yeah. and I, no i'm just playing but yeah whatever <laughs> yeah if you're listening out there trevor no more state farm ads okay <laughs> no but uh but yeah no pj has really stepped yeah, up has stepped up his game he has and, and and it's amazing to see because the rockets always need someone like that if you take him out of the equation you know you don't really know you know the Rockets defensive identity yeah and you know the other thing you kind of you were talking about earlier another guy that has that presence for the team is Gerald Green and I've got to say I've been pretty disappointed with the series the lack of playing time Mm -hmm. that he's been getting and now I of course we talked about it going into the playoffs so one thing I was worried about with Mike D'Antoni is that he's a guy that likes to have an eight and nine man rotation really wear out his bench but you know I, I and I get that if that's worked for him in the past but the truth is, I mean, he has he got, he's never gotten to a finals. It's really hurt him in the past. And then you look at a guy like Eric Gordon, who I fully expect to come back at some point, but he's not been playing well. And mm-hmm. in those last three or four minutes, they really needed some threes down the stretch. Right. And Eric Gordon obviously wasn't hitting on his shots, and they he still refused to put Gerald Green in the game, which, you know, I, I'm sure there's some type of analytical, statistical thing that they have for that. But all I know is that you know, Gerald Green knocks down shots. He knocks right. down tough shots. He hit a couple. He hit a game winner this year when yeah. he came back. So I mean, all of that plays into a factor. But I think that I think we'll be okay after they mm-hmm. evaluate these last two games, especially this last game. Yes. I think we'll be okay. And then we're going to Utah. Yeah. So we got to step it up. Yeah, it's going to be a tough place to play. Utah is one, definitely one of the toughest places to mm-hmm. play in the league. Uh, you know, they've definitely got some of the rowdiest fans. I mean, I, I'm not sure if you saw it, but uh, during uh, coming out of halftime, there was a heckling fan. Yeah. Somewhat of an instance with uh, James Harden. Uh, there was a fan. He actually had it on his phone. And right there next to the rails during the tunnel when James Harden was walking out, he was videoing, videoing James Harden. And he was a Utah Jazz fan. And he, I think he said something along the lines of, dude, you're the worst flopper in the league. Harden looked at him, swatted his phone. Uh, yeah, swatted his phone. It's all on camera. So, you know, Harden had a little bit of an instant in, uh, instance there. So, yeah, which is a little disappointing I to know. see. These Utah Jazz fans are crazy. They are, yeah. And, and they of course, came after Russell Westbrook they did. after the loss. They did, yeah. We talked about it last week, you know, or, yeah. or yeah, you know, dur- after the Game 6 victory that put the Jazz into the Western Conference semifinals, there was mm-hmm. an incident uh, with another heckling fan, which, of course, Russell Westbrook probably overreacted to. But, yeah, if you're James Harden in that situation, dude, you just got to keep walking. Right. Like, you can't let these guys see that mm-hmm. you're letting them get. Yeah, he's frustrated. And, you know, it's understandable. Like, come on. I'm at home, you mm-hmm. know, but oh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, at this point, like I said, I, I've been impressed with Harden because, yeah. you know, uh, the, you know, really the only thing we can go off of, you know, is their deep runs last year. And if you can even call it a deep run. And then, of course, in 2015, when they went to the Western Conference Finals, James Harden in those first couple rounds really did not step up. He would have right. a couple games here and there, but. I feel like outside of game two against the Minnesota Timberwolves, he's put up some big numbers. Yeah, he's been pretty consistent. 
throughout. <laughs> um, the thing that worried me mostly, and I, I would say about game two that I hope does not continue to carry out for the Rockets, is the simple fact that we can't come out to late starts. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to start right on. Just like the one game back in the um, the Minnesota series where Trevor Reza came out and hit all those three yes. back-to-back. We have to come out with that same aggressiveness because if we don't, then we put ourselves in a hole, and then that forces us to try to climb out of it after the halftime. Like, that's not going to always work. Not a get not especially not against a team like the Utah Jazz. Yes, I agree. And that's you know, I was gonna ask you, I mean, is that really one of the main things? I mean, from what you've seen on the on you know, on the court, especially in game two, like what what's the main issue? Because, I mean, like I said, watching that game one, you just everybody got the idea that this was just an incredible yeah. mismatch. What was it about game two that was it just that Utah's resilience? Utah came out Utah came out not worried about game one and the Rockets carried on game one like it was going to be a cakewalk mm-hmm. and you saw that in their energy and the way that they were playing they were playing like you know like it was a pickup game and Utah yeah. came out playing like no we're coming to win and that's what they came and did they came and won that game and if the Rockets think that they can go to Utah and play like they did to start the game in game two then we're in trouble oh yeah I, I agree with you 100 percent. but i mean so that being said what, what are you expecting for the rest of this series i mean do you i mean because i just you know joe ingles had 27 points in game two i mean my goodness <laughs> nobody was, defended him i know it, there were so many <laughs> wide open threes that i mean i just feel like it's mm-hmm. a few minor adjustments the rockets didn't play i don't want to say they played terribly because they got it together All in the right. second half so and of course they missed shots down the stretch but mm-hmm. For the most part, the Rockets still got to play their game in the second half, but the Jazz just didn't didn't give up. They just kept playing. So yeah. I don't know. At this point, I'm you know I think you know I still think the Rockets are their favorite for this right. series, but I don't know. I, I don't. I, I think it's going to be tough for them to steal two games in Utah. So mm-hmm. I, I think they'll definitely win it. I think they'll win it in six, but I don't think that they'll win it. Um, in five like they did against Mm-mm. against the Timberwolves. No, this is a tougher team, yeah. different mentality. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Of course, game three is tonight, so going to be interesting to see what the Rockets look like, if, if, you know, obviously if they get off to that fast start like they did in game one. Yeah. But uh, hopefully they can have something for Donovan Mitchell and company there for the Utah Jazz because, of course, that, like we said, that crowd is going to be rowdy in Utah. Mm-hmm. Well, coming up here in a little bit, we're going to be talking about LeBron James. LeBron Coming James. back, proving that he is the greatest of all time. Is Trina... Come on and join the bandwagon. It's okay to jump on the LeBron bandwagon. I'm fine, Will. I'll just stay in my lane. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, we got that and so much more coming up. But you're listening to Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina on Vinyl Draft Radio. Live from the ACU of Texas Studios, it's time for Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. What's up? What's up? You are back in on Wildcard Sports with Will and Trina. Of course. Hello. Welcome in the uh, brunch timers. <laughs> brunch timers. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are so honored, of course. Thank you guys so much for coming back in, uh, listening to us on this Friday. Hope everybody's having a good day out there, getting to talk with me on my favorite hour of the day where I just get Woo! to talk sports. Sports, sports, sports. Oh, man. Well, yeah. I mean, like we said at the beginning, this has been quite the week in sports. Right. Uh, of course, been talking a little bit about those Rockets, tied 1-1. Little, little scared there. A little scared of what, what, what it looks like right now with those Jazz. Mm. Oh, man. But one person that is not looking like he's having any trouble with this NBA playoffs, at least right now he doesn't, is LeBron James. Trina. I told you before, are you ready to jump on the bandwagon? He's the greatest I'm of all time. I'm not ready. I'm, I don't think I'll ever be There's plenty of room. Just come on over. The bandwagon <laughs> is wide open. We know you really believe LeBron James is the greatest. Come on now. 
I believe that he is a great. I don't believe he is the greatest. But I give LeBron James a whole lot of credit to close out the Indiana series and to come in and own. He absolutely owns the Toronto Raptors. He is showing... The why the Toronto Raptors need to just break it down, replace and edit and cut whatever they got to do because they won't beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I don't hate think to they say ever it. will. Yeah, I, I you know I think the best idea for the Toronto Raptors is go. It's just try to get in the Western Conference at this point, or hope or, they or, won't be able to make it in the Western <laughs> Conference. They'll have a better chance. <laughs> they have no chance playing LeBron James. My goodness, he just owns them. But in case you guys out there have been living under a rock, haven't seen anything that's going on with these NBA playoffs, LeBron James last, was it Sunday or Saturday yeah. for Game 7 of the Indiana Pacers? His first Game set, which that alone I think is one of the most incredible stats. He had never been to a Game 7 in the first round. He had always dominated mm-hmm. the first round. He hasn't lost a first round series, and he hadn't got to a Game 7 in a first round series. Yeah. And of course, go ahead and tell me how bad the Eastern Conference is, but still, that's an impressive measure. That's very impressive yeah. right now especially with the fact that you know Cleveland did have to deconstruct the roster oh, yeah. and you know they did it mid-season and LeBron has been having to carry the load and you know he's to me it looks like now in his career he's a lot more comfortable being oh, yeah. the guy to be depended on oh, yeah. versus in the beginning you know it's a little uncomfortable it's a different situation you're asking somebody to come into you know mm-hmm. a young guy and now LeBron is like looking like you know I'm clutch. Yeah, he, no, he is. I mean, game seven, he went out there, put up 45 points, had seven assists, nine rebounds. I mean, he single-handedly carried the Cavs in that game seven. Yeah. Uh, of course, they had to have a turnaround right after that, you know, two days later playing in game one at Toronto, the team that had the second best record in the NBA to that point. Uh, I think, you know, I think they were tied with the Rockets for the best home record in mm-hmm. the NBA. Um, all he did was go out there and have a triple-double in game one, 26 points, <laughs> yeah, 13 assists. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> nothing nothing too special. But And then, of course, last night in game two, I mean, the, the Cavs just basically yeah, put the pedal to the metal, throttled the Toronto Raptors. He had 43 points, 14 assists, eight rebounds. And credit to uh, Kevin Love. Kevin Love really showed what he was yeah. about in game one. I think he had 30 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, so he really showed up. But... I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm out there watching. And, of course, I can't say that I watched Michael Jordan in his prime or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, I'm going through the statistics. And let me just throw something at you there, yeah, out here. Oh, here we go. Game, <laughs> let's go look at the Game 7 statistics. Le, or co, uh, first, I'll start off with three of uh, – we'll start with the three uh, who are considered the three of the clutchest players in the NBA history, LeBron, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. So if you look at their Game 7 by the numbers – Kobe Bryant ha- averages 22 points per game, eight rebounds, and five assists in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, 33.7 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, seven assists, and then LeBron James. This was going into this <laughs> Game Seven, so these stats have actually changed since Game Seven happened. But before that, before he put up 45 points, seven assists, and nine rebounds, he was averaging 33.2 points, 9.3 rebounds, and 4.8 assists in Game Sevens. LeBron hasn't been to their many game sevens, Will. I'm oh, come it. on now. Here we go again, <laughs> making excuses. My goodness. No, I give him that, though, Will, because it actually, I think this was a very, like, 
challenging task oh, yeah. for LeBron to be in a game mm-hmm. seven anyway in the first rounder. And so for him not to get eliminated, it's basically like he was just really competing with himself, not even Indiana. I, you know, I, I could, I definitely see what you're saying there. And I definitely agree with you to a certain extent, because I mean, this has been a very, very, you know, trialing year for LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have Kyrie. I mean, of course, you know, it was well documented all the troubles he had with the front office in Cleveland. Uh, there was no Kyrie Irving, of course, for him to, you know, go out there and, you know, basically have another yeah. guy he can rely on. Uh, so there was a lot of things going into this year. And yeah, credit to LeBron, even I, with I the overhaul. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit. I mean, he is basically, he's dominating right now. He's dominating the playoffs oh, yeah. right now. I give him that. Um, he's very, you know, he's always going to be considered a great, mm-hmm. but it just seems like, man, it just sucks because the simple fact that Toronto can never beat the Cavs. I like, know. it's just, uh, here we go again. A yeah. whole nother story. Okay, Kyle Lowry is not going to step up. Mm-hmm. DeMar Rosen is not going to knock down the shots when he needs to. But, I mean, he's the one that they're relying on. And it's like, Kyle Lowry, how are you going to pass the ball to Fred <laughs> yes. Van Fleet at the end of the game? Yeah. You got to take that shot. Yeah, I know. It it just doesn't seem like they have, you know, we talk about it so much, that dog in them that yeah. just like, we're, you know, we have that, we have that one guy, that one superstar that's going to take over. And, you know, going into the playoffs this year, I didn't expect Toronto to get to the to the finals, but at the same time, I thought they were a different team from the right. past. Just, just on DeMar DeRozan alone, I thought he was going to turn in. Uh, you know, he it looked like he had evolved into a different player this yeah. year. But, yeah, then you see him go out there last night. I You know, I think he shot 0-5 from three-point. I mean, it was just – they just look it, – it seems like when the Cavaliers step on the court against them, they just look like – They play like, the name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just like – they're like, oh, it's the Cavaliers. So we, yeah, 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 Like, yeah. oh, my goodness, we're not going to be able to do anything against them. It's, it's, it's crazy. And then I think LeBron feeds off that. He yeah. knows that. It's like he smells blood in the water. Right. And then he goes out there and, you know, of course, puts up these 43 points, 14 assists eight rebounds right I mean the guy the thing is man like I was telling you earlier the the Raptors are not gonna like they're not gonna impress me until Kyle Laurie is willing to take a last shot yes no disrespect to Fred Van Fleet but Kyle Laurie you gotta take you have to create and make a shot or get it to DeMar DeRozan in I that agree. late game situation. You can't rely on those other guys because without Kyle Lowry and without DeMar DeRozan, I mean, those are the two two guards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You take them out of the equation, Toronto is probably a number six or seven Yeah, seed. they're a playoff team, but yeah, like you said, yeah, six seed six or seven. Yeah. And it's like, it just hurt my heart to see mm-hmm. that he would pass up on a shot they would be willing to win them a game. Yeah, they they just don't have that. They don't have that killer instinct in them that that you know I want the ball in the last second. You know, it's like you know, and of course I I hate to keep relating it back yeah. to LeBron James, but I mean there there's definitely something to be learned off that. You know, you see a guy out there in Game Seven, he feeds off of that. Right. He wants it. He thrives in the moment, and that's a mindset at that point. You know, of yeah. course, I mean, of course LeBron is insanely talented, so I'm sure that adds to a, uh, you know confidence level. But if you're Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan, you have to want that last shot. But they gotta go to they gotta go to Cleveland and redeem themselves. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I mean, I I can't see it happening. They might get it, they might steal one on the road, but I maybe. Don't, but yeah, it's just it, it's you're right. It's very disheartening. But let me ask you this: so, you know, if LeBron, <laughs> let's just throw the hypothetical out there: if LeBron <laughs> somehow sweeps Toronto, beats probably Boston in the in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and goes up against either the Rockets or the Warriors, presumably. And let's say LeBron wins the finals this year, goes seven games, has another game seven in the in the finals like he did against the Indiana Pacers. 
Where does that put him in the all-time ranks? <sighs> Will, here we go. He wants me to make LeBron the greatest of all time. Uh, yes. Every week. Give it oh up. My Give God, it up. Will. He's the greatest. <laughs> oh, my God. Will wants me to put him as number one. Okay. I would definitely say it stamps his legacy just a little bit more for the simple fact that this team is not like any of the other uh, more talented teams mm-hmm. that he's ever been yes. on. Uh-huh. So, I would say that it kind of gives him another stamp Ye- oh, on his Just a stamp? I wouldn't call it the greatest. I still uh. can't do it. It. I, it's hard. Trina, come on. <laughs> LeBron's great, Will. He's great. Don't get me wrong, but I think that it it kind of it kind of redefines his career a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically speaking, yeah, I know we're, we're throwing a hypothetical. I don't think it'll happen, yeah. but just a hypothetical. <laughs> I think it kind of redefines his career a little bit, and it takes a lot of like the the pressures of the outside world off of him because a lot of people are like well LeBron can't win with a regular mm-hmm. team or LeBron has to have these Michael couldn't win without a regular team with a regular team he I, had to have Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr saying, but we're in a new oh, era right now man. Will you ask me a hypothetical question I know I did I did you're right <laughs> no but yeah that's how I feel I think it kind of redefines and reshapes his career a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And I'm getting ahead of myself out there. I just, you know, I'm sorry, LeBron. LeBron's my boy. I, I'm, I, I, you know, I want him to go down as the greatest know, of all time. You're LeBron advocate. I, I love, I love LeBron James, and I can, I could go on for days telling you why he's better than Michael Jordan. But we'll go, we'll steer away from that until after, you know, he hypothetically wins oh, the finals and proves it. But of course, you know, again, going back to this, I mean, yeah, he single-handedly put it on, put the team on his back. And this year, it looks like after the talk, the 76ers, the Toronto Raptors, people were talking about all these teams that were going to go to the – that it was their year to finally knock the Cavs off. But after it's all said and done, it looks like what everybody thought, it's going to be the Cavs and the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, each one of them's up 2-0 at this point. Yeah. Boston, you know, Boston looks like they've just com- – they just look completely outmatched mm-hmm. – or they're completely outmatching uh, Philadelphia. So – you know, after all, after it's all said and done, it looks like it's going to be Boston and Cleveland in that Eastern Conference Finals. And I, I want to throw this out there too, Will. I know we're almost going to wrap up this segment, but how about Steph Curry coming in, hitting oh, his first shot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're we're gonna we're gonna have to keep talking about it next segment. Yeah, because there is so much to talk about. Of course, what Warriors, Pelicans, and everything on that. But but yeah, you know, after like I said, it's, after it's all said and done, it looks like it's going to be those two conference finals. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. So coming up, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, his return, pretty scary if you're a Rockets fan. Uh, then, of course, we'll get a little bit into the, that Astros uh, Astros losing streak, unfortunately. Hopefully, Trina wearing her Astros gear. Helps but, them out. Yeah, it'll give them a little pep talk. They'll have something that'll, that'll turn around and go their way. And then, hopefully, we'll have time to talk a little bit about that, te- that uh, Texans draft. I thought it was a pretty good draft for them, and then they look like they're on the right track. But stick with us. We'll be back right after this, uh, continue talking a little bit about that NBA playoffs. But you're listening to Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina on Vinyl Draft Radio. Welcome back in. This is Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. We have been talking some basketball in the last set of two segments. Of course, those Rockets NBA playoffs, but that's not the only basketball news we got. Isn't that right, Trina? That's right, Will. What, so what's going on with <laughs> Trina right now? What, what What's happening with her? Uh, which me? <laughs> 
come on now. Don't be don't be uh, don't be modest. She is actually going to be starting here in the next few weeks with a basketball league here in the yeah. local area. So I'll be playing in WMLBA with the Houston Galaxy. Oh, there it is. So yeah, there there it is again. We have a professional athlete in our ranks. Just I just got to remind the listeners out there that hey, you know I'm you know I'm not a you know I'm I'm kind of outmatched here. I'm not the I'm not the professional athlete talent in here, but. But yeah, you're gonna be starting out. Yeah, she came in this morning. Yeah, been working out like crazy, huh? Yeah, I'm pretty sore, dude. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, all this unseen work is mm. gonna be put to use. I'm, I'm have a different mindset this year. Um, I come in with a clear focus and just knowing, you know, what my ultimate goal is oh, yeah. in this game. And so the fact that I'm able to lay all that out on the line and continue to work as hard as I'm working, I know everything will fall out. Yeah, absolutely. In my way. Yeah, and we know we know it's gonna go yeah. your way too. I mean, it's already <laughs> been quite the eventful year for you going oh, yeah, over to Australia. Yeah. And trying out over there and then of course coming back here and uh, like you said I think you said practice starts on Tuesday for mm-hmm. you so yeah gonna be awesome for you to get back on the court and hey I'm excited to, I'm excited to watch you and get everything going on that so thanks Will. Uh, as well of course next week I want to go ahead and announce that next week we're gonna have a very special guest uh, someone that Trina actually trains with who yeah. played professionally in Nicaragua, uh, Nicaragua. Theo Plowden yeah. is gonna be joining us next week he's gonna we're gonna be talking about his experiences right shout out to my guy Theo oh man yeah and he's gonna have some basketball experts expertise for us as well so Most definitely I'll, I'll be a little uh, i'll be a little outmanned out here outmanned again you know two professional <laughs> i know just like when uh, you know eugene was out here of course or me and gene hill was here we had two yeah. professional athletes in our ranks and then I was just the guy that talks a lot, so. But it's cool. We all love what you do, man. You know you're my guy, man. <laughs> oh man, well I surely appreciate that. Of course, I think we got an awesome thing going here with the sports talking and everything. So, uh, as I said before, yeah, we were talking a little bit about those Rockets. Uh, LeBron James proven once again he's the greatest athlete of all time. Okay, Will. Oh, oh my man. God. I'm not going to give it up. I will not give it up. He's the greatest. Yeah. Oh, man. But anyway. Keep uh, saying it. Maybe it'll happen. Something uh, like that. That's right. You know, I just got to keep planning in your heads. LeBron James, greatest of all time. He's putting it out in the yeah. universe. Michael Jordan sucks. LeBron's the greatest. Oh, no. my God. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it'll be, it's a slow brainwashing process, but eventually I'll get, I'll get all you listeners out there to believe me. So. But uh, yeah, so of course, as like we said, after all the talk and everything, it looks like it's going to be Boston, Cleveland out there. Uh, I mean, Boston really is just dismantling the Philadelphia 76ers, who a lot of team, a lot of people had the dark horse to go to the conference or go to the actual finals this year. But it looks mm-hmm. like they're just not ready. They're they're, they're not ready. They're not ready. They're still young. They still have a lot to work on. Boston, however, on the other side has been there. They were there last year in the playoffs. And you talk about Ben Simmons coming in. This is first playoff. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, uh, 76ers. Yeah. You know, they did really well this season. I agree. But the playoffs is a whole nother story. That's why I'm so impressed with Donovan Mitchell. Yes. That's I mean, why. Oh, my and goodness. And when yeah. you talk about the rookie of the year, no disrespect to Ben Simmons and everything he's done. He's going to be one of the greatest players to ever mm-hmm. play this game. Yes. He's a, he's a mini LeBron right now. He really is, yeah. Um, But when you talk about the consistency and somebody really dominating the playoffs after the postseason and who is a true rookie mm-hmm. – I can't give it to Ben Simmons. How could you at this point? Yeah. I can't give it to him. He 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 hasn't led his team. It's he looks frantic and just mm-hmm. different out there right now against the Boston Celtics. He really does. Yeah. And you know, last night had one point in 31 minutes. I mean, I, of course he is a rookie, but I mean That's unacceptable. Yeah. And and you know, people want to still make the argument at this point that he's a better rookie than Donovan Mitchell. The fact is we talked about it last week. Ben Simmons, of course, even though he was injured all of last year and had to sit out, he had a whole year to prepare for the NBA. Donovan Mitchell came straight out of college and he's, I mean, he started balling just immediately on these guys. And I mean, 
So at this point, yeah, Donovan Mitchell is really showing you what you know what a cold blooded you know he has you know so much composure for a rookie. He's really showing Ben Simmons up in in these playoffs, and yeah. I mean, just having one point in 31 minutes from a guy like that. I mean, even if he wasn't considered, you know, to be the next great superstar, one point in 31 minutes is not acceptable for anybody. It's not acceptable for Ben Simmons for the simple. Well, you're right. It's not acceptable for anybody because if you're in the game for 31 Mm -hmm. minutes, if you don't, if you only have one point, you need to at least have 30 rebounds. Oh yeah, I know. But I mean, that's just over exaggerating when I say that. But in the end, I'm basically saying that if the team is relying heavily on you like that, you Mm -hmm. can't just have one point in. 30 minutes you're you're not efficient oh no not at all yeah and he he just he honestly looks overmatched and you know you got to give a shout out brad stevens the boston celtics head coach i mean my goodness he's going out there and he really is starting to look like the next great coach in the nba yeah he tore apart their their offense their defense i mean he's really kind of exposing like that's the one thing i love about the playoffs it kind of mm-hmm. exposes what the team's strengths and weaknesses mm, are yes. and so when you get a chance to have seven games per se mm-hmm. like you may have seven games but at the most you'll play that team you're gonna pay the team four times but you get to pick and expose the the weaknesses in the offense and yes. the weaknesses in the defense and to be able to to tear that apart like brad stevens mm-hmm. is doing and before the series even started says a lot about the kind of coach he is yeah i agree and i mean even if you look i mean you know just looking at it you know the players that he's i mean uh terry rozier is looking like a superstar jalen brown is looking like a superstar next year when they get kyrie irving back and uh, of course gordon Hayward they're going to be a scary team because he he has a way that he just get like mm-hmm. like Popovich he gets these guys to you know he elevates their game I mean look at last year Isaiah Thomas was 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 he runner up in the MVP in the yeah. MVP voting you know and of course there were injury problems but then you know this year goes to Cleveland goes to Los Angeles and he's a bench player now right and then you look at a guy uh like Jay Crowder who has gotten it together in Utah but it started off in Cleveland mm-hmm. just wasn't doing anything at all where right. he was a very instrumental piece for Boston right. when, he, when he got there exactly he was in the you know what I think it's the offense I think it's the coach and the kind of guy he is mm-hmm. as well and gets the guys on board but when you think about it Will it's like Man, when when Gordon Hayward went out in that first game mm-hmm. this season, yeah. you're like, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Then when Kyrie went out, you really was like, nail, nail in the coffin. Yeah. No way that Boston is gonna get there. And then you see that it could potentially be the matchup that everybody had been waiting for. Yep. In the East, Boston and Cleveland again without Kyrie and without man, it just says a lot about where Boston is going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's. I mean, I think for the Eastern Conference, there's been two main talking points that have been proven that LeBron James is <laughs> absolute. I'm not gonna. I won't go. I won't say he's the goat. I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll try and you know be a little. <laughs> Objective here, but uh, you know, one thing's been proven. Of course, yeah. uh, LeBron James owns the East, which everybody That's expected. True. I mean, he can win. Mm-hmm. The, he can East win the East with anybody. You put throw any him on any team, he can win the East. Right. And then, of course, Brad Stevens being being uh, proven that he's the best coach in the Eastern Conference, arguably the NBA at this point. So, yeah, you know, it's like you said, it's every what everybody thought at the beginning of the year. It's going to be Boston and Cleveland in those Eastern Conference Finals, or at least it's looking like it's that. It's looking like that. Right? I, I yeah, I, I don't think there's any chance Toronto is going to pull it out against Cleveland. If Philadelphia can steal two, or not even steal, if they can defend home court and make it a best of three series after a two to two tie, mm-hmm. Philadelphia still got a chance to get in there. But I, I think Brad Stevens is going to have to have something up his sleeve for him. So he definitely is. And with the guys, people have to remember, like the, those guys in Boston, they're tough. Oh yeah, they're not the most, they're not the greatest offensive players. They're mm-hmm. not, but they play as a team. They're unselfish. Yeah, mm-hmm. Al Horford going out there, like we said, Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown, these young guys, Jason Marcus Tatum, Smart. yeah, Marcus Smart, yeah, yeah. I mean. 
Yeah, these guys are, these guys are, are going out there and they're playing like a team. And they really, I mean, I, I would not expect a team as undermanned or really the, the fact that the 76ers are so much more talented but Boston just looks like they're completely they're completely just a better team than them which is just surprising to see right but another uh, another uh, uh, semifinals uh, series that we uh, haven't gotten to talk about yet is those Warriors and Pelicans yeah this has been a great this has been a great series for the simple fact that we get a chance to see Ray John Rondo oh, and yeah. Steph Curry coming back yes and I if uh, I, actually I kind of want to touch on this because I, I didn't even work this in, but I forgot about it. Uh, but man, have you have you seen the the Charles Barkley and Draymond oh, Green yeah. drama about My the goodness. punching in the face? Yeah. So uh, again, if if anybody out there hadn't been watching, uh, after game, I think it was game two, yeah, or, or game one or game two, uh, Rajon Rondo and Draymond Green actually got mm-hmm. into it, and as they were cutting away, they were showing that going into the TNT halftime show. Um, or maybe it was a post-game show, but Charles Barkley was commenting on that video and saying that he wished somebody would punch Draymond right. Green in the face. Draymond Green actually came out the next day, or at, right after that, I think, in the press conference, and basically was like, go ahead and punch me in the face, yeah. Ch- uh, Charles Barkley. So he apolo- Charles Barkley apologized. They did. Some they stuff made you can't up. take back. Yeah, they, they made up, but it was just another interesting mm-hmm. facet to add on to that. But the real story coming out of Game 2, of course, was the return of Steph Curry, who yeah. had been out all postseason. Actually came off the bench, which was just another... 28 points. 28 points, 7 assists, 2 rebounds. I mean, the guy was out. I mean, insane. I mean... I, I, How do you come in off of injury and hit your first shot? That's a three pointer, and you mm-hmm. shoot it like you've been shooting it all season, it's, and you hadn't played in, yeah. in in weeks. Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, you being the basketball expert, am I going out? Am I saying anything crazy? Saying that he's absolutely the greatest shooter I've ever seen in the NBA. He's the greatest shooter right now. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm, I've <laughs> I never, mean, Reggie Miller, come on, man. I know, but I mean, you know, Steph Curry's only been in the league, you know, probably what seven seven years or so, and he's yeah. already well past uh, Reggie Miller's made three pointers. Um, I, you know, I've just never seen a guy. You know, anytime a player, I see him shoot a three pointer. You know, I'm kind of like, oh, 50-50. It may go in. It may go in. But when Steph Curry has an open shot or an open three pointer, I, I know for a fact it's going in. Get this, Will. He wasn't even wide open on that first shot yeah. attempt. It it was very well defended, mm-hmm. but he's been doing he's been doing that so much. Like when he shot it, I knew it was going in because the way he shot it and he walked off. But it was like after that, you knew he was going to have a great night. Oh yeah, and of course, you yeah, knew it. yeah, and of course, you know they had a little tougher. The Pelicans gave him a little tougher matchup in Game Two. The uh, Warriors ended up pulling out one twenty one one sixteen. So Warriors are up two zero. Looking pretty scary for the Rockets, honestly. Right. Well, y'all remember when Yao Ming used to walk up to the goal and just oh, oh man, yeah, yeah. Get, like he's doing a unfair. Oh, he um, do a little hop. He's yeah. like, no, I'm just gonna put this here. Unfair. Walk away. Oh yeah. man, yeah, Yao Ming, and with that fadeaway, man, he was so great. Man, now you got me reminiscent about the old days. I'm gonna go watch some YouTube highlights of Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady together. Well, coming up, we're going to be talking a little bit about those Astros, and hopefully we can get to that Texans, break down that draft. But, of course, you're listening to Wild Card Sports on Vinyl Draft Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome back in. This is Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. What's up, Brunch Time? (laughs) What is up, Brunch Timers? Oh, man. Well, we are on our last segment. That's the only thing about this show. Like, one hour, it just flies by. I know. Uh, Well, if you haven't been listening, of course, we've been talking a little bit about those NBA playoffs. We're done talking about that, so too bad. you got to tune in and listen again if you want to. Too bad. But we have been talking with Trina as well, just to highlight again, Trina 
is starting back up with the basketball local basketball league. So she's going to be getting back into those ranks. We're going to have everybody an, put your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be having an awesome show next week. Her good friend, somebody she actually trains with, who's been playing professionally in Nicaragua, Theo Plowden is going to be joining us next week. We're going to have some awesome questions for him. Talk mm-hmm. about his experiences over there and the, again experiences as a professional athlete. Right. Uh, hopefully, the Rockets will be moving have moved on to the Western Conference Finals at that point. So hopefully, but we yeah, can right. talk with him a little no, bit I'm about joking. that. <laughs> We'll see how it goes. But again, yeah, I've been talking a little bit about the NBA, how those Rockets want to get to that championship level, just like the Golden State Warriors. But another defending champ that we have yet to talk about today is those Houston Astros. Of course, coming off their World Series last year, still, you know, they started off relatively well, 20 and 13 on the year, but they have come off their third straight loss against those Yankees, which uh, we don't need to lose against the Yankees. I know. I know, and this is the one thing I'll say. You know, I don't mind them losing. It's early in the year, but there are certain teams that you want to beat, and the Yankees are one of them because, you know, it just, it. oh, man, it makes me so angry watching the game. And there's just half of the crowd there is Yankees fans, and it's like, yeah. you know, I, I just want okay, if you're a Yankees fan and you're not from New York, get out of here. Just know, get out of here, okay? not shine. Oh, man, they're just bandwagon <laughs> fans, and then, but whatever. I, props to them. They played well. They outplayed the Astros in three straight games, beat yeah. them six to five last night uh actually the astros in this last series had a had a stretch where they had 28 scoreless innings so as amazing as their offense had been and you know and of course last year and you know they had shown glimpses of it this year they had 28 innings where they didn't score a single run so you know a lot of people might are saying you know maybe that world series hangover is starting to kick in at this point but. it might be will and um i would say that the guys they're probably thinking man it's still kind of early on i know they're gonna turn it up but we i think we got to start now and stay consistent like we were last year Ah oh, man i just want to see my guys do good yes i agree i agree 100 hopefully you wearing that astros jersey uh, jersey on, today that's gonna that's gonna fire them up they're gonna be ready but Hey, it doesn't get any easier after the Yankees. They're actually going to be in Arizona for a three-game series. Arizona is leading the NL West. This is a possible World Series preview uh, for the series that you're going to see this weekend. Arizona is playing some really, really good baseball. But, yeah, at this point, you know, the Astros, they finally snapped that 28-game or 28-scoreless inning streak mm-hmm. last night. They were actually down – or yes, or yesterday during the day. They were actually down 3 to nothing. Uh, fought their way back, put up four uh, four runs, eventually turned it into five, made it a five to three game going into the ninth inning, and unfortunately the bullpen gave it up in the ninth inning. Yankees came back, won six to five. So, you know the offense has been pretty bad this year, but it's not something that I've been too concerned about. But from watching it, I mean our bullpen, it's just got to get better. Our bullpen is not living up to the expectations this year. Yeah, we got to get better, but I think that it's going to come down to the guys just really taking ownership and mm-hmm. remembering who they are and understanding that everybody's going to come after them. Like your World Series champs, like no game is going to be easy. So I get it for them too. I mean they're probably taking hit after hit after hit after hit mm-hmm. in these games, and it's like. I mean, mentally, it can become frustrating and a bit much for some teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's coming after your throat. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. I mean, they've got the target on their back. Everybody's mm-hmm. coming for their throat after the World Series championship. And not, I, not only does everyone want to beat you, but they want to, like, put you in the dust. They they really do. And that was something, yeah, you watched the series against the Yankees, and mm-hmm. I think it was the third game of the series where it was nothing-nothing going into the ninth. The bullpen gave up the lead again. They hit a, The Yankees' Gary Sanchez hit a three-run homer to put them up 3 nothing. And, you know, Aaron Judge was on third base at the time. And, you know, this is a regular season game. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole 
lot of stake this uh, this early. It's just kind of more of a rivalry game. But you saw Judge show some emotion at when he hit that home run that they were they were really fired up. That they you know a lot right. of teams. It just seems like these teams are really you know putting the pedal to the metal when they play the Astros and they training. have to yeah because. If you think about it, they were the best team mm-hmm. last year. So if you're beating the team that came out on top last year, mm-hmm. you're going to go after their throats because you're like, okay, if we can beat them, we can beat anybody. Yes, I agree. And it, it, so it's adding a level of competition to the team where it almost seems like anytime the Astros are playing a contending team, right. it kind of has the feel of a playoff series already. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're only you know 33 games into the season, uh, you know, 33 out of 162. So this, is, this could be a very physically and emotionally exhausting year for the Astros right. so that's definitely something to keep an eye on again you know the offense really has kind of disappeared but I'm not too worried about that I think these guys are these guys will get it, yeah they'll get it together if you look at their home and road splits they're not hitting at home which that, that's just not going to last all year they're going to be fine mm-hmm. and I've talked about it in the past they've got a guy in the minor leagues by the name of Kyle Tucker he's going to come up and he's going to be one of the best players on the Astros as soon as he gets called up so I think their lineup is only going to get better, but that bullpen does need some help. And fortunately for them, there's a lot of guys out there on the trading block that they can go out there and pick up. So I'm not too worried about the Astros. The only thing, like I said, I'm kind of worried about is, you know, this is going to be a very physically and emotionally exhausting year coming off a World Series championship. Yeah, it definitely is. uh, Another thing is, I think it's kind of psychological whenever you think about it. If you are the guy to beat at all Mm -hmm. times. Right. Most of the time, your thinking is on defense because oh, you're yeah. walking into everything, going, "Hey, who's who's yeah. next? Yeah. Right, who's exactly. Coming after me? And, yeah, and, and that's I what mean, I was saying. Yeah, so yeah. that target on them is always going to be tough, and that's why it does get mentally exhausting because now you're in your own head. You're mm-hmm. fighting. They're fight. They're fighting mental battles right now mm-hmm. before they even get onto the field because yeah. they they're the best already. And so when you're the best. It, they kind of plateaued a little mm-hmm. bit, and they, now they're only reaching to go back up that way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And their break is a lot shorter this oh, time yeah. because right. they played into their break. Into the exactly. yeah, beginning of November. Yeah. Right. No kidding. Like they're back at it like so much sooner than they usually are. So, so yeah. training definitely had like, to. Yeah, mm-hmm. recovery may have yeah. been only two to three, four maybe weeks. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. Month exactly. Max. Yeah. You, nothing. They were like right back in it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. November first was Game Seven of the World Series, and yeah, they turn around right around in February, and that's when you start back for spring training. So I mean, that's no time at all that they had off. And then yeah, and like you got to be ready before spring training oh yeah so. and we're still doing press response by the time they exactly. start yeah the exactly. yeah and yeah. Uh, you know and all that being said i mean yeah they've got the targets on their back they're still 20 and 13 they're i mean they're still in really good shape so you have right. to be impressed with that but yeah mm-hmm. like you said tegan it's just you know every series that they go they go into it's you know these teams are on the prowl they're on the attack saying hey we've been ready for the defending world champions to come in here mm-hmm. and i think you kind of saw the same thing last year with when the chicago cubs won the world yeah. series you know they made it to the playoffs but they they pretty much limped into the playoffs they weren't they weren't even in the division lead until a few you know a few weeks left in the season so you know it's kind of one of those things yeah it puts the target on your back but the good thing about the Astros is I think I think the areas where they've struggled are very fixable areas and it's not something I'm too worried about but yeah it's just still you know you when they play the Yankees and you know the Red Sox and teams yeah. like that you want to see them turn it up. yeah you want to see them dominate <laughs> but you know like I said all that being said I'm not worried about it just other than the me- uh, mental and physical toll that it's going to put on them going into the playoffs assuming they get there which they will uh, another <laughs> Houston team though that we have not talked about lately which I kind of want to squeeze in before I get yeah, there those Houston Texans uh, of course ha- the draft was last week um, just kind of want to comment on that a little bit I think the Texans had an excellent draft they actually didn't have a pick until the third round 
But they did, in my opinion, they did exactly what they needed to do. They fixed the secondary, and they got help for Deshaun Watson, which I've been saying all year. The key for the Texans this year is keeping Deshaun Watson healthy and keeping him upright because he's got to be the guy for him this year. Right, and he showed many glimpses of that oh, yeah. last year. And, I mean, I think the Texans would do pretty good this year. Now, we think that every year, but I really hope that they prove us right this time. I, I, yeah, <laughs> and I think they will. I mean, Deshaun Watson, he's just he's got that it factor in him. You know, the, he got hurt last year. They needed to get some offensive line help. They actually got a guy out of Mississippi State, so and they signed Zach Fulton. Well, oh yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it's it, it's just like it, one of those things. I mean, they had to get him help. They they really did. So, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully he can you know he can stay upright. Right. And I mean, it, you know, at this point, like I said, they signed the they signed the offensive lineman out of Mississippi State. They got Zach Fulton, who, in my opinion, was the guy, uh, the free agent guy they needed to get for for the Texans mm-hmm. for that offensive line. So they're going to keep him upright, and then, of course, they fix that secondary. So I think they're going to have a lot of weapons next year. Let's go, Texans. This is, now, I, what you thinking about Justin Reed? Yeah, Justin Reed, I, in my opinion, Justin Reed was the second-best safety in in the NFL draft this year. Um, outside of the guy, I, I, he's slipping my mind, but I believe the guy out of Alabama, the safety out of them. So I think he was absolutely the second-best safety. And then they got Tyron Matthew as well. Oh, you know yeah. this, this is going to be a yeah. scary team. I mean, they've got uh, a, they've got a tough couple of games to start off with, but you know, I, I think this is the year. But hopefully, we will see. We shall see. They focused <laughs> on what they needed to focus with. Right. Well, again, I just want to take a moment, thank everybody out there for listening. Of course, so glad to have you guys in with us on Friday. Make sure you tune in next week when we're going to have Theo Plowden in talking about his experiences in Nicaragua. But thank you again, guys, so much for listening. You've been listening to Wildcard Sports with Will and Trina whoop, on whoop. Vinyl Draft Radio. Bye, guys. Hi there. I'm Adam Smasher, head of programming at Vinyl Draft Radio. Yeah, you realize it just says that on your business card, right? I mean, come on. You're never really head of anything if you say so buddy i do okay so what is vinyl draft radio i thought it would be best to hear it from our head of janitorial services i'm president of the company tomato tomato yeah that's not how you use that like you would know here's doug meisinger fine vinyl draft radio is a digital radio station designed to focus on the clear lake houston area we do this by featuring shows hosted by area personalities and business leaders we also syndicate some shows and when we're not doing that We play classic rock. So, in a nutshell, that's us. Vinyl Draft Radio. Radio done differently. Your mom's done differently. Why the f*** did I hire you?